Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are on a series titled The Way. And uh, remember, in the early church, uh, they were called The Way or the people of the way before they were called Christians. As a matter of fact, when Christians was first used, it was derogatory. And here's why. Um, the people in the Roman Empire, they, they were to worship the emperor and they looked at him as a god. But when someone accepted Christ, they got on this path, this road, and they stopped worshiping the emperor and they began to worship Jesus. And so when Christian was first used, it meant God, our Jesus slave or slave of Jesus. And uh, it was derogatory. Now it's changed over time. And we just, it means a Christ follower. But guys, the Bible does say that all of us should become a bondservant to the Lord. That means willingly we say, we're, we're your servant, Lord. So uh, that's still good. But if you study the book of Acts, they were called the way, the way. And here's what the way means. Here's the definition I gave you last week. It's the Greek word hodas. Uh, it's a way, a road, a path, a journey. And so when these guys in the early church first accepted Christ, their lives were so radically changed that they got on this path and they began to walk on a path, take a journey, and everybody around them could tell, you're different. You're different. You're doing something different. Um, there's something different about you. And they stood out. And it, they stood out in a really good way. And it actually drew more and more people to Christ. So today I title this lesson One Way. And we're just going to talk about how not only is there one way to heaven, we're not talking about that. Uh, we're going to talk about how Jesus gave us one path to walk on. And guys, we still walk through life, you know. Uh, this, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, but I, I, I had I met, met a new convert, someone that was new to Christ, and I had some coffee with them. Uh, and uh, uh, one of the questions they asked me was fascinating. They said, I want to jump all the way in, but if I jump all the way in, um, can I still have fun? Uh, or do I have to stop doing everything? I said, no, you can still have fun. It was one of the greatest questions. They said, because I want to go all in, but I'm not ready to just not have fun anymore. I said, no, you can have fun. And they said, can I have a drink once in a while? And I said, yeah, the Bible says don't be drunk, but you can have a drink once in a while. Um, just make sure you can handle it, right? Um, and so it just kind of, they took a deep breath. It's like, ah. I, and I said, we just, we follow Jesus. And that's what it's about, guys. And I want to tell you a story. Look at this picture, guys. Uh, this is Matt Emmons, and he's a four-time Olympian. And uh, he won a gold, a silver, and a bronze in different Olympics. And in the uh, 2004 London Olympics, um, he shoots the air rifle. And uh, he was so far ahead when he came to his last shot, all he had to do is hit the target. Didn't even have to get close. If he just hit the target, he would win the gold medal. So he gets up there, he takes aim, he shoots, and he hits a bullseye. And like, he's excited and going crazy, but the crowd's not going crazy. And then he discovered he did hit the bullseye, but it was the wrong target. And uh, yeah, and so he ended up, he ended up uh, get, getting zero points, and he finished eighth. He didn't even medal. And it's not that he wasn't a great shot. He just aimed at the wrong target. So here's what today's all about. Many Christians are hitting the bullseye, but it's the wrong target, right? And so we want to make sure we're hitting the right target. Missionary William Carey said it this way, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter. And so uh, all I want to do and we all have different assignments. We all do different things. We have different gifts. 
but we all get on the same path. And I just want you to walk out understanding what that path is. And I have a big idea. And if you're visiting, my big idea uh, is what I want you uh, to walk out understanding uh, more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. There's one way that will bring freedom to all our ways. And so just think of everything in your life, your marriage, raising kids, man, parenting guys. We had four kids. That was tough, but it's even tougher today. I mean, it's a tougher atmosphere to raise your kids in. Um, Think of your finances. uh, Think of your health. uh, Think of your friendships. And guys, here's what freedom means. It means that if, if you get on this path, God will prosper and he'll bring you freedom. He'll bring you blessing and prosperity in every area of your life. And I'm not just talking finances when I use the word prosperity. Uh, You'll still have life hit you. Life will throw you curves. You'll walk through storms. But the idea here is um, you are going to become more and more free and God's gonna bless you in every area of your life. So this one way is really important. This path that we're to get on is really important. So I wanna show you a scripture. I really love this scripture. It's Matthew 17, 13. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. So we'll stop there. We'll read verse 14 in a moment. We all know this is Jesus, right? The gate can also be translated as the door, and we know Jesus is the door to eternal life. And it it really sounds harsh sometimes, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. And, and so that's what the good news is, and it's liberating when you accept him. But I don't know about you. I know people that are in other religions, totally different religions, and some of them are the nicest, coolest people ever, right? And so it's, it's, it's hard to believe they can't go to heaven. But Jesus said, we have to go this way, and he washes our sins away. So what do we do with people like that? We pray for him. We just say, God, because only Jesus can open someone's eyes. So he's, he's the gate. He's the door. And, and, and then uh, the next verse says this, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And so uh, we know what the gate is, but now he adds a road. And notice what he says about the road. He says, the road is narrow. It's narrow. And then he made this statement, few find it. So here's what he's saying. Uh, You and I accept Christ, but few Christians, uh, not the majority, let's just say that, actually begin to walk on the path or stay on the path. Many start, but they get off of it. And he says it's few. So uh, can I say this? Uh, First of all, first thing I want you to do is not look around saying, there must be a lot of people in here that's not on the narrow path, but I'm one of the ones on the narrow path, and start to judge each other. That's Guys, that's not what the Bible's saying. And I really believe this to be true. Um, if, if you teach this from the pulpit, you could have a church. I believe believers and other great churches in our community, we can have 90% of the people on the narrow path right? You just have to preach it from the pulpit. And so he's talking the body of Christ. And so we're not just talking about one church. We're talking the body of Christ. And he's saying, there's a lot of people that accept Christ, but they never, it's a narrow path. So what does that mean? They go to heaven, just means they don't walk in freedom. They don't walk in God's blessings. He's not able to touch and minister to every area of their life. And Jesus said the same thing in the parable of the sower, right? He said uh, four types of ground, they're the hearts, right? The sower sows the word. And he said, one is hard. Uh, and then he says, one is shallow, one is 
thorny and then one is good ground and, and, and it produces fruit. So many scholars say we can look at that percentage wise and say that's how it is. Other scholars say, well, you can't. And I would agree with both because you can't say it for a church because percentage wise, only 25% of Christians um, produce fruit or get on the path, right? And 75% don't. So as a pastor, man, my heart is let's get as many on this path as we possibly can. So I want you to walk out understanding what the path is, knowing what you can do. I have a gift for you. This message, there's a part of this message that's a gift. It's eternal, but you're gonna love this gift. It's gonna give you some light and show you the path and how you can do it every single day of your life. Um, But I wanna read a scripture out of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And here's why. Uh, He prophesied to Israel his whole lifetime, but they were backslidden or they walked away from God and they never listened to him. Can you imagine your whole life? You're saying, get back with God. Nobody paid attention to him. And so uh, he, he weeped a lot. He weeped over Israel and prayed his heart out for them at that time in, 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 in history. Um, and he gave us a verse in, 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 in Jeremiah 6, verse 16, that I believe we can use these principles to help understand what the path is. And here's what he said in verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. And so uh, there's, there's a why in the path, right? Uh, the valley of decision. He's saying to them, look, and here's what I need you to do. This is how you get back on the path. He says, ask for the ancient path. That's our first point we'll deal with today. Um, ask where the good way is. That's our second point. And then he says, and walk in it. That's our third point. And do you see our big idea there? And you will find rest for your souls. And man, you think they would have gotten it, but it goes on to say, but you said, we will not walk in it. No, no, we're not going to do it. And the word ask, it's used twice. It just means to inquire, to investigate, to discover. And so he says, uh, you need to look for where the ancient path is. You need to check that ancient path out and look for it. And then you need to investigate where's, where's that way. So we want to talk about the ancient path. And here it is right here, discovering the ancient path. That's my first point. And guys, let me ask you a question. We're not under the old covenant. So the ancient path for them was the law of Moses and following the law of Moses. What is the ancient path for us? And we're going to see it in just a moment uh, in a scripture. We talked about it last week. But the ancient path, guys, is simply the commandments that Jesus gave us. That's the ancient path. Do you know Jesus gave us 49 commandments in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And the epistles, Romans, all the way through the first three chapters of Revelation, it's just expanding on these concepts. But when he walked on the earth, he gave us 49 commandments. And some are major, some are minor. So in our last part, walking in it, I'm going to show you what I consider the top 12. We're going to have a blast, and that's a gift. And I'm going to show you how to use it every day of your life. But can I ask you a question? Jesus lived over 2,000 years ago. So would those commandments be considered ancient? Yeah. My grandkids think I'm ancient. And I'm only 64. Go back 2,000 plus years, guys. That's ancient. And that's our ancient path, right? And and we want to get on it. And we want to walk on this beautiful ancient path. And we're going to find out what it is in just a moment uh, as we look into it. But just remember, we're going to look at the 12 main commandments under four points. Then he said this, uh, discovering the good way. And the word good means prosperous and bountiful. So this is what we're talking about. This, Guys, this is an incredible thing. And as you discover this ancient path, you begin to walk on it. It's going to bring prosperity 
and beauty to every part of your life. But if you think about the commandments of Jesus, they don't always make sense, guys. I remember as a new Christian, I saw one of his commandments. I'm not even covering this one today. I could have threw it in here. But he says to forgive, even if people don't repent or tell you they're sorry, he says to forgive. Now, my ethnicity is Italian. My mom was born in Italy, came here when she was 10. My dad's parents were born in Italy. He was born here. But Italians, and I'm sure other ethnicities are like this, they can hold a grudge. And I mean, they can hold it their whole lifetime. And so Gina and I both have relatives where the parents didn't talk to the kids. They're on their deathbed and they don't call for their kids to make up with them. Or siblings don't talk to siblings or sisters don't talk to sisters and aunts don't talk to aunts. And so we all have people in our family like that. My parents weren't that way. Her parents weren't that way, but we all have people that were, right? And so by nature, and I don't think it's just my ethnicity, it's our bodies, our flesh, I enjoyed holding a grudge. I don't know if any of you enjoyed it, but it was, to me, kind of fun in the flesh, right? And, and I wanted people to pay a pound of flesh for what they did to me. And so I remember seeing that commandment and, and just thinking, Jesus, I don't think this is wisdom because, I mean, if they don't repent, I'm not forgiving them, right? I didn't realize I might have to draw a boundary with some of them and protect myself, but I'm not going to forgive them. And, and, and yet it made sense. And my life has been so free just learning to forgive people and let it go and pray for them. But it didn't seem right at first. And, and the Bible talks about this, Isaiah 55, 8. This is the good way, guys. Uh, it's God's way, right? The one way. This plan of mine is not what you would work out. In other words, you and I wouldn't think, oh, this is a good idea. Wow, what a great idea. Um, neither are my thoughts the same as yours. Verse nine, uh, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. And so this is this good, prosperous way. And what we need to know about it, I'm gonna show you the top 12 uh, commandments, is it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always feel comfortable. I know I feel Jesus gets in my business a little too much. And uh, I'm just being honest with you. Over the years, it's like, really, Jesus? I gave you my heart. Can we just, can we let that one go? And it's like, no, you can't. You can't let it go, Joe. It's something you need to do. But guys, it's the higher way. It's the higher way. And it's life-changing. It's the good way. It's the way that brings life in every area of your life. And, you know, think about us guys. We get married and Jesus says, love your wife like Christ loves the church. Man, that's like unconditional love. Lay your life down love. And it's like, Jesus, she did this to me. And I, I just, we need, to, I, we need to duke it out really hard. Not that we don't talk things out, but it doesn't make sense. But boy, when you begin to obey it, does it bless your marriage? You don't ignore things. But wow, does it bless your marriage when you just begin to say, and it's not natural, guys. I have to remind myself regularly because I'm selfish. I'm, most of us are, right? But it's the higher way. So, but now let's talk about walking in it. This is my gift, right? Walking on the path. And I want to give you an example to help you out. It's something you can't do by yourself. And uh, the path is an interesting thing. And, and there's, there's an app out there. It's a GPS app. And most of us use Google Maps and you know, on our smart devices. But there's an app called Waze. 
capital W-A-Z-E. How many in here use Waze? Just wave your hand. Yeah, you all use it. Uh, quite a few of you. And it's people sourced. And that's what's so cool about it. So a couple examples. Let's say, uh, you know, anybody that's going the same place as you are, you, it works like a regular GPS. But if someone's going the same place as you are, uh, they can leave messages to you. So that you could be on mile marker 50 and someone on mile marker 60 says, someone just hit a deer. It's still in the middle of the road. So what's going to do? It's going to help you slow down when you get to 58 and just begin to look for it, right? Or in the winter time, I don't know, where did our winter go? This is a great winter, isn't it? So, uh, you know, someone might be on mile marker 80 and you're on 60 and they say, right at 80, it's like a sheet of ice, man. You'll go spinning, slow down. And so it's people source. It really helps. And I hear people do this. I would never do this one. Um, you could be on mile marker 110 and see a state trooper, and you can say, hey, there's a state trooper on my marker 10 or 110. And then if I'm on 90, I know, man, if I'm going 20 miles over, I'm going to slow down when I get up there. And I, I only go fast when I'm moving with the traffic. They get mad at you if you don't move with them, right? So I have never warned anybody, but I do look at the warnings right now. So guys, that's people sourced, right? So why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Because you'll never be a disciple You'll never grow unless you do it together. We have to do it together. We need people to help us. And uh, that's, that's going to be our first commandment. Uh, you know, Jesus gave us this great commission. And so uh, uh, Mark 16 is, you know, preach the gospel, bring them into the kingdom. But Matthew 28 is what, that's the narrow road. What do we do once they're in the kingdom? And, and so this is where we find out what the road is. And uh, uh, so the first thing is he says we have to become a disciple maker. So how how we become a disciple maker? Um, not just a disciple, but a disciple maker. So listen to Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples in all nations. This is after someone accepts Christ. And so notice he's not saying become a disciple only. He says make a disciple. And the majority of theologians will say this to you. They'll say a true disciple makes disciples. You see, they make disciples. And uh, when we went through COVID, COVID was a terrible time, and I did too many funerals, and some of them we couldn't even go to. Remember how bad it was? And so it was a terrible time, but pastors all over the West, so the West would be the U.S., Canada, all of Europe, all these prosperous nations. Pastors all over the West, we learned something when COVID hit. You know what we learned? We're bringing a lot of people in, but we're not getting them on the path. And, and, and so when COVID was over, uh, most churches lost 50% of their church, and, and still most churches are only at 70% of their attendance before COVID. So uh, this is happening spontaneously. It's not like we're all planning it, but pastors all over America, the ones I know, we're all asking, how can we make a track for people to get on so that they can become a disciple and make disciples. So uh, last year, we, we decided we're going to do a 10-year plan, just set our 10-year plan. And part of it's going to be, how can we make disciples who make disciples? What do we have to do? So we're going to be launching that soon. You know, August, we're 40 years old as a church, and we're going to launch that. And churches all over America are doing the same thing. And guys, in order to, to become a disciple, you have the idea, I'm going to make a disciple. It's really uh, simple. But notice uh, verse 20. Uh, we read this last week, so I'm skipping some of it. Uh, but it says, and then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. That's the path, 49 commandments. And I'm talking about the top 12. And so how do we 
How do we get on this path, guys? It's so easy. I'm going to give you 12 of them. If you look at these 12 in this way, this is your attitude. Um, I'm going to take one a week, one for two weeks. I'm just going to read it every morning. That's all. Maybe read it at lunchtime, just one, one little verse, and then read it at night. But if you want to be a true disciple and disciple maker, do it with two or three people. And then guys just talk about it. Maybe once a week, you do a phone call, you have coffee, and you say, let's talk about this first. I did a disciple group, and many of you, I see you, you were in it. I did it for two decades, and so I kept pulling in 15 to uh, 18 guys at a time. And so many of you are, are here that went through it. And one of the things I would do is I say, next week, we're going to talk about this verse. So meditate on it, read it every day. And then I'd go through the room and I'd say, what did God show you? What did... I received so many ideas for messages. People saw things that I never saw. So I grew, but I was also helping them become disciples. I was making disciples. And it was one of the most amazing things. We had an attorney. He was newer in the Lord at the time. And he went through one of the groups. And some of you were in that group with him. But every time I came to him, because he was a new convert, I didn't expect him to say a whole lot. He started pulling things out of scriptures. And so after a couple of weeks, I, I, got, I got him along. I said, how are you getting all this? And he said, he gave me the term, I forget it. He says, attorneys, we look at things and we, we think these two or three things. And he says, that's how we get ready for a trial. And I began to incorporate it. It's amazing. He, he helped me go up to another level. So we help each other, but none of us seem to want to just do it on our own. We need someone to motivate us and then we need to take people to the next level. So here's part of our new vision. It's not prettied up. We don't have it perfected. We're going to bring it out at the end of the year, but we know we're going to use it. And if you were to ask me, what's one of our top goals as a church? Here's what I would say. To create a multiplying movement of disciples, making disciples. And we have a goal of producing thousands and thousands of disciples over the next 10 years. And guys, that will change our valley like we've never changed it before. And pastors are doing it all over the country. We don't just want them to come in the gate. We want to turn them into disciples. This is one of the most important commandments Jesus gave us, right? It's one of the big 12, right? And uh, I could have came 13 because forgiveness, I didn't even throw it in. But, but now, now we're going to get many scriptures under each point, right? And this is your gift, right? Uh, so meditate on this for a week and then go to the next one. Uh, become a God seeker. And man, this one's amazing, becoming a God seeker. And there's four scriptures I thought of, right? And uh, they go like this. Love God with every part of your being, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. You'll never seek him unless you love him like crazy. And here's what I learned. You'll never love Jesus with all your strength, all your heart, everything in you, until you understand what he did for you. And when you understand what he did for you, you'll love him like crazy. That's all you have to do. So people like me, I was a, lived a very sinful life. So when I came into Christ, the light was brighter to my eyes because I was so sinful. So I just like, you mean I get to go to heaven? Hmm. I love you, Jesus. You're so awesome. And I just fell in love with him. So as some of you, I know, I know people, they were such good people. It, the, the delight wasn't that different. So you have to coax them to get, get on, the, on it, right? But, but then uh, here's another one. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33, Matthew 7. And uh, we just had consumed by fire in, in, and one of their songs is first things first. I think I've listened to it a couple times every day since they've been here. It's just a cool song. So if you haven't listened to it, just find it. You can find it in a hundred million places. But it's just like, God, 
I'm gonna make sure your kingdom's above everything. And if you're like me, if we're human beings, and by the way, so many of you are already on the path. We just wanna go to the next level. But if you're like me, I get out of whack every six months. My priorities just get out of whack. So I have to keep you know, refocusing. Uh, here's another one. Remain in the word, John 15, four. That's where the path is found, right? He said, if you remain in my word, I remain in you. He goes, man, life is gonna just be amazing. Your life will be amazing. And here's another one. Lay up treasures in heaven, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. This makes it eternal, guys. And it's absolutely amazing when we shoot for eternal things as opposed to non-eternal things. Now, you might say that's really simple, but guys, it's amazing. I got to thinking about this. I think I could double the size of our church if I didn't cover a lot of Jesus' commandments. I really do. You know how Jesus uh, would say, um, he'd say this often, uh, the Bible would say this often, people were his disciples, but he said something that offended them and they walked away. And so uh, there's, if I stayed off certain subjects, um, I could double our church size because I can guarantee you every time I get on a tough subject, there's certain people that say, I'm out of here, right? But you know what? I can't do that, guys. I, I just make you a promise. I'm getting on every single subject and we still grow and do great as a church, but I'm not gonna compromise and I want you to know that I'm gonna try to get us all to the next level, right? And so some of these are tough, but they're awesome. And then here's, here's my next point, right? Uh, become a servant. There's three under this. And this is so important. And I'm just going through these quick, right? Um, first one is we deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. And in order to be a servant, sometimes we, we have to say no to everything we want and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no to that because I, I have to serve too. I have to do this, I have to do that. So I'll let the Holy Spirit deal with you on that. Matthew 16, 24, 25. How about this? Walk away from things that make you stumble. Matthew 5, 28, 30. You know what he says there? Uh, he says, if your right hand offends, you cut it off. If your right eye offends, you pluck it out. He's not talking literal. Here's all Jesus is saying, you ready? There's some things you and I can't do. We'll stumble every time we do it. And isn't that true? One Christian can do it, another one can't. So if, if, if you're going to follow Jesus, guys, and become a servant, there's probably gonna be some things uh, that are landmines to you that you just have to stop doing, right? Some people can take, you know, have one beer and they're great. Other people have one beer and they're drinking 24, right? We have to know. Like some people, I, I don't know how they do it. They can eat a small bowl of ice cream. Some people taste one spoon and they eat the half gallon, right? So you gotta know what you can do. Some people can watch certain things. Other people can. Some people, if they watch it, it turns them into great, it just gets them into a dark place. So we just have to know, right? And and, and if we're going to become servants, there's some things we'll just have to cut out. And then uh, the greatest shall be servants of all. And this is where he literally says it, Matthew 20, 26, 28. You see the other reference there. And it's just laying our life down to serve others. And so why are these gifts? If you take one of these a week, do it with some other people, and you just read it every day, maybe a couple times a day, and then you just pray and say, God, show me where I can do this better. And then you talk to people about it, the Waze app. It will grow you like crazy. And then as you talk about it, you're helping make someone else into a disciple. Here's my last one. Become one who loves like Jesus loved. And I have four scriptures under this one. That, this is a tough one. This is one of the toughest ones I've ever done. It, it doesn't offend a lot of people, but it's tough to do. Uh, and remember, Jesus said, a new command I give you, love others as I have loved you. And of course, how, how did he love us, guys? Number one highest characteristic is he laid his life down for us. So that's even 
becoming a servant. But this next one's interesting. Wash one another's feet, John 13, 1 through 17. And uh, I've been in some foot washing churches and ceremonies, and I don't like them, so we'll never do them here. I just want to give you a heads up. If that offends you, I may not see you next week. But um, Jesus didn't literally mean to do it. It's okay if you do it. Um, so if you want to do it in your connect group, whatever, that's, that's fine. This is not happening up here, right? So, because I don't know, it's touching people's feet. I'm just not into it. So, um, but Jesus actually meant something spiritual there. That's, that's why I'm having some fun. He meant something spiritual. Uh, and, you know, in Bible days, they wore sandals. They lived in a deserty, sandy place. And when they went from one place to another, when they went to someone's home, their feet were dirty. So the homeowner always had a bucket and a rag. And typically you would just wash your own feet. That was the custom. If they were really wealthy, they'd have a servant and then they'd wash your feet. But the owner of the house would never wash your feet. And so Jesus is with his disciples and he kneels down and begins to wash their feet. And they're like blown away. You can't do this. You're Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the great teacher. And he says, I have to. And then he said, here's what you need to learn you need to begin to wash each other's feet. And it's a spiritual concept in principle. Guys, as we go through life, we get really dirtied up. Life dirties us, right? In so many different ways. It throws us blows, it damages us. And in order, and to be a a foot washer just simply means this. It just simply means that instead of condemning people and criticizing them, you're gonna pray for them and you're gonna ask yourself, what can I do to get them back in the game? How can I wash that off their life? And so I wanted to take a moment with that one, but just begin to meditate. And how about this, love your neighbor as yourself. Is there anyone in here that doesn't love yourself? If you don't love yourself, you, you have an issue. Uh, we, we all love ourselves, right? But our neighbor, Jesus said, is anybody we rub shoulders with. Can you imagine if you start to look at everybody you come in contact with at work, having fun, as being just as valuable as you, it changes everything, right? And, and that's uh, the part of loving like Jesus loved and then let your light shine before men. Uh, Matthew 5, 16, this is, you know, we are the light of the world. How do you shine your light? By doing good deeds. Let people see your good deeds. So we just begin to bless people. We do that as a church, but think about that neighbor that just gets on your nerves. Maybe they don't rake their leaves in time and then their leaves blow into your house and that can make you angry, right? Or uh, they don't keep their shrubs nice enough, or uh, you just don't like them, or somebody you work with just gets on your nerves. How cool would it be? And these aren't always easy if we said, what can I do nice for them? It changes the game. It grows you, but it also begins to soften their heart, right? And we're going to need people to help us do that. So guys, when I ask you a question online, I, you know, I did everything a little quicker today, but I want to ask you a question. Are you excited that Jesus spelled out and gave you a path to walk on? And are you excited it's that simple, right? It's just following these commandments. And that's how we become a disciple. And if you are online, give it up in the chat rooms here. Can we just give it up and say, thank you, Jesus, for the path? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you with everything that's inside of us. and Oh, how we love you. So Father, with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I know the Holy Spirit's talking to us. And Lord, here's our big prayer at the end. Show us where we can do this better and give us the grace to do it, Lord. Because life can pull us off track. So give us, give us wisdom and understanding. Lord, give us a heart to also make disciples. 
And Lord, we know as a church, we want to create thousands and thousands of disciples. Help us do that, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And he's speaking to hearts right now, but heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening, you're not sure of your forever, your eternity. Jesus said it's a small gate. So right now, I'm not asking you if you go to church, if you're a member of a church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great things. I'm asking, can you remember a day in your life where you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my savior. Or maybe you walked in and you're not even sure if God exists, but right now it's like, you're going, this is crazy. I I just feel a tugging to accept Jesus, right? Because only the Holy Spirit, only God can draw you to Jesus. I can't shove them down your throat. So that's why I don't try to. But is it amazing when God opens up someone's eyes? He did that in my life. It's amazing. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's all I'm asking you. Are you ready to accept Jesus and call on his name? And if you are, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, can we help them pray, man? This is an exciting moment in some of their lives. It's a very special spiritual moment. So if you're praying this for the first time, simply mean it. The rest of us, let's help them pray. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the son of God who always existed. That you died for our sins and God raised you up out of the grave. This day, I accept you as my savior and I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.